Welcome back to Generate Joy. In this episode, I'm sharing an inspiring conversation with my new friend, Jessica Taylor. Jessica is the founder of Come Away Missions, which is a nonprofit child sponsorship program and missions organization in Rwanda, Africa. Jessica is one of the dancing pastor's wives on Instagram, promoting their fun and heartfelt podcast, Pastor's Wives Tell All. And in this conversation, Jessica shares all about discovering her God-given purpose and how she started this amazing missions organization. She also shares how surrendering to one thing out of obedience to God will open up other doors for so much more. So if you've been trying to figure out your purpose and passion and what God is tugging at your heart to do, her story is going to be a great encouragement to you, and I'm glad to share it with you. So let's get to it. Welcome to Generate Joy, a podcast for women ready to discover their unique God-given purpose and step into a life of freedom, focus, and fulfillment. Hi, I'm Amy Davis, certified CBT life coach and Christian mentor. Every week, I'm bringing you biblical strategies and tactical practicals for spiritual growth, mindset mastery, and more. I want to help you get inspired, unstuck, boost your confidence, and start building a life you love. I want to help you stay faithful to God and learn how to generate the type of joy that's contagious. I know you're going to be encouraged by this episode, so let's get into it. Welcome to Generate Joy, Jessica. I'm so glad you're here with me today. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm excited to hang out with you today. Me too. Um, you spend a lot of time with um, ministry wives and spurring women on to faithfulness in Jesus. So I thought you would be an excellent fit for Generate Joy. And also because I'm doing a big focus this next couple of weeks on purpose and finding your purpose. I want my listeners, I want my ladies to hear your story of what God has done. I want to hear how you started Come Away Missions. I want to hear all of the things. So why don't you share a little bit about yourself and yes. then I'll just ask you some questions and we'll get started. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like, uh, Amy has said, my name is Jessica and, um, uh, my husband is Jonathan. We've been married for 20 years. It'll be 21 years this year. Um, we got married very young. I was engaged at 19, married at 20 and we went right into youth ministry. And now my husband is the lead pastor at a local church here in Alabama. And I have two beautiful daughters, both adopted, um, even though I love how the Lord works, they could not be more like us if we tried. Um, Grace is 13 and she was adopted from Russia and uh, Olivia is 11, fixing to turn 12 next week. And she wow. was adopted uh, from China and they are absolutely amazing, amazing girls. Literally just had Bible study last night. They are running their own Bible study out of our house, um, led by them and everything. And it's like a joy to like listen in because that's that is what awesome. I'm going to do and mm -hmm. see what they're doing for the Lord. Because no matter the age, like yes. you start them knowing that they have a purpose, you don't have to wait until you're an adult. So, yes. so sweet. 
so I sweet. Love that. Yes. So awesome. <laughs> But yes, so um, I am also uh, a part of a podcast called Pastors Wives Tell All. Um, And that was just something I would have never imagined because I honestly, just to be honest with y'all, I did not listen to podcasts. So (laughs) I was like, God, why are you Mm -hmm. calling me to this too? Mm -hmm. Um, But it's God has taken us on a journey of obedience and it's been beautiful. And then, yeah, like Amy said, I run Kamoi Missions out of Rwanda, Africa. And so I'm so excited to talk about all those things today. Yes. Okay. Well, let's start with the come away missions because that was one of the ways that we got connected. Honestly, my sister-in-law, Erin went on a trip with you this summer and also my friend, Sarah Moore, who they bring youth groups up here to Snowbird. So we've been really connected for many years. And so both of them went on this missions trip with you. And when this summer, actually, when Sarah got back, they came right to Snowbird and she was telling me all about it. And then over Christmas, I got to hear more about their their trip from Erin. And she was telling me how she's going back in February. And I was like, oh, my goodness, that is crazy how this woman, you started this, you know, sponsorship for kids like internationally, like that really freaks people out when you think about like money and taxes and international stuff like that. And you did it and it is thriving. And I just was like, oh my gosh, I've got to get in touch with her. And she said, oh, by the way, she is the black haired girl in all the videos on the um, Pastor's Wives Tell All um, (laughs) podcast. And I was like, no way. And she was like, yeah, we went to high school together. She totally (laughs) can be on your podcast. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is is great. So I'm so glad that you're here. I want to hear about Come Away Missions, how it got started and how you, um, how it's grown, you know, because it is, I think just so, uh, it's powerful to hear the origin stories of yeah. mis- of organizations like this. So go ahead. Tell us. Uh, what- I agree um, so much uh, because, uh, you know, if it's not done um, with the Lord ahead of it, then mm-hmm. it's, it's not God's. And so it's definitely a story of God just moving and having his hands in this work from the beginning. Um, and so, uh, like Amy said at the beginning, I was called in eighth grade, uh, to missions at a summer camp up in, um, North Georgia. And I, I remember, and I told Amy this, I remember going, Lord, okay. I went to the altar. I said, yes, I feel this calling, but I have no clue what it means. And I remember walking back to my cabin going like, I can't leave my parents. Like I'm in eighth grade. Like, where am I supposed to go? Lord? Like, how do I do what you've called me to do? (laughs) And, um, so to say all that, that started a journey. I was not ready at all to do what I'm doing today. And I'm still not ready in a lot of ways. Like God is still molding and shaping me so much. And I'm still learning every day and still make mistakes constantly. But, um, what he took me on a journey on was starting to do local missions, um, going to feed the homeless, going, working with ministries within my church at young ages. I actually got to, you know, the school that, um, I attended Calvary Christian school in mm-hmm. Columbus. I was able to go to Costa Rica, my 11th grade year and, um, see, get, you know, just get my toes wet into a little bit of international missions. And then later on, um, started to go to Asia and other places And so I would say to all of that is that God can birth something in you at a young age or any age, 
but that doesn't mean that it's a yes for right now. It means that he's going to start moving in your life and preparing your heart for the future because none of us are ready in the moment. So let's just take David when he was called to be king, the shepherd boy, he wasn't ready to be king yet. Um, we are not ready for the things that God has for us, but we need to start moving in that direction and start serving in the locations and the places that we are passionate about mm -hmm. and that God is calling us to. And also know that my, my missions and ministries that I was able to be a part of at a young age and still now in my own city are just as important as what I'm doing in Rwanda. Right. Um, just because it's international doesn't mean it's more important. It is all important and it's all a calling on all of our lives as believers. Um, but, uh, in 2009, I went to Rwanda and I took 19, uh, people, a lot of, uh, teenagers that were within our youth group at the time. Mm, you're so brave. And I remember coming, <laughs> I, I remember coming home and going like, I had to be back there. Um, I kind of describe it as I've never, I, I don't struggle with depression, but I was like, when I came home, I cried a lot and I like, I couldn't focus on anything, but like needing to be back there. I just was irresistibly drawn to Rwanda and I needed to get back, um, not knowing what the future would hold. But I ended up taking a group of like three women back with me. I was like, any, any of y'all want to come with me? And four months later, we had planned another trip after I had just gotten home back to Rwanda. And so the journey over the next few years was working alongside this pastor, John Baptiste and his wife, Beatrice, and their five children and God changing my thought pattern on what missions look, looks like, uh, for the American church, because I do believe that, um, there's a lot of wonderful missions happening, but there's also a lot of missions happening that is doing their just not doing it the right way. And that was me. Um, I was one of those people. And uh, it's not about going anywhere and seeing how many hands can be raised for salvation, but then leaving them and then going back to your American church and saying, we've had 600 salvations. Right. And you're patting yourself on the back. But not a one of you discipled those people that you left. You didn't plug them into a church before you left. You just got a hand raise. And if you know the culture of where you're at, a lot of times they're going to raise their hand because you're a foreigner, depending on where, what country you're in. They just want to make you happy. And it had nothing to do with the actual relationship and the change in their heart. And so what I really learned is that discipleship is what God has called us to. And so everything that we do is based around discipleship and building relationships. And that happens over time. It's not done on one mission trip. Right. It's done over years. And so um, I will say now um, we are a nonprofit, but as I was telling you last week, um, I ran from that calling for a while. Mm -hmm. I love just taking people over and that was it. I was like, let me just keep on taking people over. But God started to move in different ways. I even had the church that we were a part of trying to stop me from going to Rwanda. And so that was really hard for me for a lot of times going, God, like if you've called me to this, why are your people trying to stop me? And he had to bring me to scripture on how the Pharisees tried to stop Paul, tried to stop many missionaries mm -hmm. from going out. It was the church trying to stop things from happening. And so I did 
find relief in that, but also um, ended up, we were at an unhealthy place and an unhealthy church. Um, and so the Lord ended up taking us out of that church and removing us. Um, and when I felt the call to start a nonprofit, it was out of John Baptiste coming to America and saying, Jessica, he said, God has called you to something and no man can tell you no, if God has called you to something. And truly it was no man could tell me, but honestly, I was fighting more with my own fears mm -hmm. and my own uh, insecurities on oh, God. I am your least likely businesswoman, nonprofit woman. I don't even know what a 501c3 means. <laughs> right. I, I was like, there are plenty of other um, guys and girls that could do this a lot better than me. Why me? You know, I just questioned, is this really for me? And just fear of not knowing. Um, and I ran from it. And I remember um, out of the, the church hurt that we went, um, that we had, that was birthed the nonprofit. And I think that that was part of our journey that out of the biggest hurt in my life came one of the most amazing journeys in my life of come away missions. And so I finally said yes. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was a beautiful story. Yeah. Happened. Tell us about that because that was really okay. powerful. I love the story because yeah, go ahead. And then I want to say something about it. Cause yeah. I've thought about this three or four times this weekend okay. while we were talking um, about this episode. So, um, when we left the church, um, my husband was actually fired from the church. Um, I did not want to step foot back into a church for a while, but he finally dragged me to this church in Columbus, Georgia, a Christ community that he had heard beautiful things about. And the first week we went by ourselves and it was wonderful. And, um, then the second week we had some friends come with us almost like a whole row. And one thing I didn't tell you, um, last week is during worship, there is this old song and man, of course, I'm going to forget of who sang it, but it's called come away with me. And I've never heard it in a worship Seg a segment at all. I've never heard it. I've, I used to listen to it over and over again, again, a, a few years before and just love like the come away with me and the words, never knowing what the Lord had in store later. But that was, that song was playing uh, in worship that day. And I was in tears during worship. I knew God was moving. I just didn't know what was right around the corner after the sermon. <laughs> didn't know it was all coming so wow. quickly. Mm -hmm. And so then the assistant pastor was preaching that day too. And, um, he was sharing about, um, uh, that people, we all have callings on our lives and we all are called. Um, but some of us are running from those callings because of insecurities and things. And I remember at the end, I just remember he goes, I, I don't do this and I've never done this, but he said, um, we're not going to end this service because I feel that there are people in here that need to speak out loud what God has told them to do in secret. And um, I, first of all, like froze because I was like, Lord, I know who you're talking to, right? Now. <laughs> yes. And I remember the whole row just staring at me <laughs> and just waiting. Mm -hmm. And my husband was giggling, which, you know, of course, I slapped him for on the arm because I was like, stop it. Mm -hmm. But I ended up going down. I was drawn down just like in eighth grade. Like I had to go down. And I spoke out loud that I was running from this calling and I said it out loud and they even wrote it on the board, like on the screen. Um, and to see it and to say it out loud, there was no turning back. Mm -mm. And so it was a beautiful, scary moment. And guess what? 
that eighth grade girl came back, I was still like, Lord, what is that going to look like for me? You know, Mm -hmm. um, I still had the same questions, but what he wants from us is just a yes. What he wants from us is obedience and to step out. And that's where our faith grows. And that's where, um, everything changed that day. And I had to start moving toward things that were scary. They were unknown that were a lot of paperwork and money that I mm-hmm. had neither one of. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how the story began. That is so, I love that so much because man, like when I think about stepping out in faith and something that we have no idea about, like, it's easy for me to be like, Oh, I could make, I'm an artist. So I'm like, you know, like, I see I could, your stuff. It's I could paint that. I could draw that. And so for me, it's kind of like, yeah, I can do that. So it's not like stepping out on a blank canvas as it might be for someone else. For me, I'm like, well, I know how to do this. If I want that, I'll just draw this. Um, but to step out into something that you've no idea about, but you're so passionate about, and you know that this is what it is that you're putting your soul to do. God has to show up to paint that canvas for us. Yes. Because I feel for myself, if I don't see it, then I'm like, oh, that's not what I'm supposed to do. Cause I've always been super visual, but even like with this podcast and with this coaching stuff, everything, I'm like, I don't know how I'm no clue, but I know this is to encourage and, and spur women on to faithfulness in Jesus. I mean, that mm-hmm. is exactly what I just said, but yeah. um, that verse, because this is the biggest thought that I could think is like, Hey, record yourself, talk to people about Jesus. You are not going to go wrong with the great commission and telling people about the Lord. And so I love that you took that leap of faith of just like, I don't know how, I don't know where, but I got to start now. And I think some people sit on the fence about foster care. Mm -hmm. sit on the fence about adoption, sit on the fence about, you know, even like, well, I know I should help this lady in my church, but I don't even know where to start. Just do something. Our brain wants to keep us safe. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't want us to think past what you can think easily. Mm -hmm. And so when we think we give ourselves that space to be like, all right, I'm going to problem solve this. This isn't a problem. Actually, it's a challenge, challenge accepted. I'm going to minister to this lady in my church. Boom. What do I got to do? God, let's get out some paper. Let's brainstorm. Let's connect. Let's do what we got to do. And I love that. That is a great, like you said, a small way to even start where God puts someone on your heart, some um, passion on your heart, some, you know, triggering word of like adoption or like for you missions or like for you that when people come back and they're like, we had 600 people saved. And you're like, Oh, that's a trigger. Mm -hmm. You don't know that those people are saved. There's no discipleship for 600 people Mm -hmm. with a small group of 20, Like that's not happening. So Mm -hmm. I love that you had like that, that trigger passion where you're just, you can see the trail and the bits all the way through of like, Oh, God's bringing me along to do something. Mm -hmm. I got to, And now that you're like doing it is awesome. Sometimes he's going to call us to things um, that we can't do on our own strength. We know what we can do in our own strength. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think as American church, we are doing a lot of things in our own. Um, Mm -hmm. When he is calling us to more, um, but we we are comfortable in our own little spaces. And he wants to take us to the next step, but we have to step out blindly. And, and say yes to him. And then 
now we have been moved aside because we know we can't do this job. And that's where it comes in. He works best in our weakness because then it becomes less about us and more about him. Yes. And so we have to make sure that we are doing that mm-hmm. um, because we are here to give him glory, not ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that has gotten a little muddy along the way. Um, and I think also like what you were saying, I love like the different callings because kind of what I think about, think about how many times we pray for things for years. Um, or we say, God, give us, show me something that I can be of service to you. Make everything. We sing these songs of God, like, let me be your hands and feet. Mm -hmm. But then when he gives us something, we say, well, we got to pray about it. No, there's some things that we use as church people, God love us, that we have to step back and go, no, we've already been praying about this. Mm-hmm. He's giving us the opportunity, but now we're backing up because it's com- it's com- it's not comfortable or it's out of um, like, it's going to mess up my schedule. Mm-hmm. And so we have to make sure that like, we also are ready to say yes, um, because we've already been praying for it. And then he's right. opening these doors. We got to just go in mm-hmm. and stop thinking about it and using that we've got to pray longer about it. You've been praying about it. Just say yes. I I love that. We were, I do a like faith and finance class with some ladies. Anyway, last night we were talking about generosity and this one little girl, so sweet, precious. She was just like, I just want to grow up and have a lot of money so I can give it all away. And we were like, that's great. But you can start giving money away with the little that you have right now, because if you're not practicing right now, then when the big giant check comes, you're not Uh going to be in the habit of giving it away. So in the same way, like with our calling, with our any passion God's given you, that's like Christ-centered, small ways, praying with your friend at school, praying with your friend in the dorm, praying with your neighbor, praying with a mom at homeschool co-op, like any inkling that you have, being able to like process that out through action and obedience is going to grow your capacity to give more and more and more and more and be more and more and more obedient, quicker, quicker, faster. Amen. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I love that origin story. Why don't you go ahead and I want to ask you a couple of questions about Come Away Missions. What, um, well, my question was, what drew you to this specific area of missions, which you kind of already shared a little bit about that, your trip to Rwanda. I love how you put how you put that you came home and you kept crying and you kept like being really emotionally connected. And I think God gives us those moments, almost like you're grieving, like, and burdensome for the people, for the lack that they have and the weight of responsibility that you now know that you have, mm-hmm. but you don't know what to do. And it's just a whole bunch of emotions at once. What do you, what do you think about that? Do you think that's a bit of what yeah. you're feeling? I, all of that. You just, you just said it all. I think um, <clears throat> we are called to go and I think God has different places for each one of us. And I think that was how I felt exactly those words. You did a great job describing it. Um, <laughs> and I, and, but here's the thing. I had been other places and I absolutely love and adore. And if someone said, hey, I've got a flight for you to Thailand, go work with this ministry again, I would go in a heartbeat. Right. It's not that I have to say no to everything else, um, mm-hmm. but I, there was something different. Mm-hmm. He had something for me in Rwanda and I knew it. I could mm-hmm. feel it. And also you have to find the person of peace. I think that we we try to Americanize other cultures and um, 
And I think that's where God really truly was walking with me because he gave me a person of peace. Mm -hmm. John and Beatrice were the person of peace because that's who I walk alongside. They are already doing ministry. Mm -hmm. Like I don't have to go in and make this thing happen. They are doing it and they were doing it wonderfully, but we get to do it together. And that's what we're called to do as the body of Christ. So he just opened the doors and I just had to step in. So tell me a couple of you might have one or two stories that you might want to share about how you had to trust God for the details or red tape or whatever. Like, tell, tell me something that God has just been like, you're panicked and the Lord's like, hold on, I got this. And then just mm-hmm. blows your way. Yeah. I'll actually kind of just share a story really quickly of just kind of what my life has been like lately with come away. Um, God is, uh, just growing us and leaps and bounds in different ways. So like, right now for those listening, a prayer request would be like, I need more leaders. Um, and so for me, the more teams I lead and the more God grows, I can't go over every single time, but also I'm not going to let anybody just lead because this is my family. I've been working over there since 2009, taking over 40 trips. Like John and I have a chemistry together. Like we have like what we do and we lead trips together, um, but growing leaders. And I have a few leaders, but I need more. Mm-hmm. And so like right now I'm in the process of praying, God, I, I need more leaders because I have a family here. I have ministry here as well. Right. So how do I do it all? And, and I have slowly over the years learned that I can't do it all mm-hmm. because I think, especially in my twenties, I was like, I- I'm just going to continue to do it all. I'm not going to ask for help. I don't want to take people away from their ministries and their families. So I need to do it all. And, um, he didn't grow the ministry like he is now until I stepped back and go, um, and, and started to ask for help. And so I think just, if anyone's listening out there, ask for help, you're not Mm -hmm. called to do something by yourself. He's going to bring people along to be a part of the journey. Um, so that's one right now, like right this moment. And then um, another is uh, we are building a medical clinic. We have a project called City on a Hill Project. And um, we have been praying over this land. And now we have a medical clinic halfway built in a church that's attached to it. And um, the clinic is not built yet. We still owe about 82000 on it. And in Rwanda, we just give as we can. And it's built as we have the money. So it's still not built. And it's been, you know, a good four or five years of just t-shirt sales and slow things. There's never been large, massive donors. It is by people giving, people praying over this land and little fundraisers. Like God has just done gracious things. And we've raised a little over 200,000 for it so far. We never um, began to build the church. We chose to build the clinic first. That's what John wanted. So that's what we did. Um, but God started to lay on his heart in 2023, no, 2022, that he's like, God is saying, we need to start building the church. We need the money to start going t- toward the church. And I'm like, I'm there with you, buddy. I, yes, let's go. And so literally another church locally came on a mission trip. The next trip, like God put this on his heart and the next trip This church fell in love with Rwanda, loves what we are doing, went back to the pastor and the pastor said, we're going to build that church. And this church, we will be at the ribbon cutting ceremony in July for it. And it has only been a year. And so God, when he wants something built, he will do it. Like 
it's fine that we're building the clinic and it will be built. He promises that he will finish what he started. Mm -hmm. But when he is ready to do something, he showed me that I will give you the money. (laughs) <laughs> like because that that is the the big thing and i'm whining for years going lord all these people are having checks written and buildings are going up everywhere why me do it this way and he's like well it's not about you mm-hmm. and i'll do it when i want to well bam i'm gonna build a church in a year though Preach, like just to, like, <laughs> just to show you that faith can move mountains yes we'll do what he says he will do in his timing and not our own I love it. I love it. Preach. So fun. I'm so glad to hear that. It's so motivational to just in just seeing God's faithfulness, be able to just carry us through those struggles where we're like, I don't believe it's going to happen. And it's like, but we do believe because he has spoken and said and promised and given, and he isn't going to not finish what he started. I love that you said that. Jessica, I love learning so much about Come Away Missions. I also wanted to take the opportunity to talk to you about the trio that you're a part of with the Pastors Wives Tell All podcast. It is so enjoyable and it is just such a, I guess, fresh breath of air to a lot of us who are in ministry, who Um, well, I'm around a lot of ministry wives, especially in the summertime. And I know that it's, um, a topic that a lot of people feel uncomfortable talking about. So I love that you all have partnered together to create this podcast and be able to get the information and stories and just share your heart about women in ministry and families in ministry, church hurt and thriving ministries, all of the things. That's just such a beautiful gift that we're able to listen to you all every week. So I wanted you to share a little bit about that and then we'll just, we'll wrap up. Awesome. Yeah. So Pastors Wives Tell All was started, gosh, almost three and a half years ago. And we are like, I think in our fifth season and I, you know, for every lady that's listening out there, um, and I know Amy and I've been talking about it today, but there's so many things that God wants to do with you. And he just wants to surprise you. Um, and, and don't ever think it's just one thing, because I think that if we got focused, hyper-focused in on one thing, um, and then God was like, but don't forget over here too. Um, don't forget that lady at the church. Don't forget women's ministry. Don't forget this podcast or speaking or writing or art, whatever. Just know that he is such a creative God mm-hmm. and he is so wonderful at everything. And so he's going to birth more than one thing in your life. It might be in different seasons or whatever, but just know, don't say no to something just because it's scary or you're like, no, I'm already doing this, God. I'm sorry. This is my limit is one or my limits two, um, because he will give you what you need to do what he's called you to do. Um, but pastor's wives tell all, um, we just really believed Stephanie, Jenna and I, Um, Stephanie just came to us one day. She's like, you know, we should start a podcast, like the very worst pastor's wives, you know, because we always felt like, man, like, I don't think we have it all together. Like the pastor's wives of old, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. um, they just look a certain way and they, they act a certain way. And it's kind of like the vision that you always think of a pastor's wife, which is beautiful and great, but it might not look like us. It might not look like us, or, um, they might not talk 
like we do, or they might serve in a lot of ministries. We might not play the piano, but we might, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and we just felt like, man, to know that we're not alone. And we knew that the three of us had found each other and we're all pastor's wives, but we knew that so many women felt alone and there's times in our lives where we felt alone. So, um, we just started this podcast and we thought that the, um, that the people that would listen would be our family and our mamas, they would listen and be like, okay, God, do whatever you want to do. But, um, God had a different story planned for us and it just took off. And I think it's like what it's because of what you said, like women need to know they're not alone in any area of their life, but being in ministry in general is a very lonely spot sometimes, and especially as pastor's wives, you think that you can't have relationships like everyone else, or people don't truly um, act the same way around you because they think that you're holier than thou um, and that you're not approachable, or you just don't know what they're going through because your life is perfect. And you have a husband as a pastor. And like, I mean, he seems very perfect from that pulpit. So he must be perfect at home. Um, and so God really, uh, began to break down walls and, um, really just wanted us to be vulnerable with the world, no matter if that was two ladies or a million. And um, because we all feel the same way. And so what we found with vulnerability and truth and laughter, because we need more laughter in our lives. Um, I think in ministry, it's so hard. And um, it's, it's, we go through really difficult times, but we need to laugh more. We need to be around people that make us laugh and enjoy life together. That even if our circumstances don't change, our attitude can, and the people that encourage us and hold us accountable. And so that's what the space that um, God put us in. And it has been a wild ride. And we have have retreats now for women and um, that are pastors. And we travel, we'll travel anywhere in the country, even though women outside the country want us to come. But right now we're in the country traveling and um, holding retreats. We're pastors' wives. Um, We just need a host. And then we bring all the schedule and the teaching and the fun. And uh, we are writing a book right now for everyone in ministry and for the church, um, we really dive deep into hard things. There's, I remember when we were going through our, uh, our, uh, company, we're going through Baker publishing and, um, going through the process, they would come back and go, man, like we knew that y'all would be honest, mm. <laughs> but they're like, there's a lot of hard things in here, mm. you know, even dealing with our, like stuff with our husbands and kids. And, but we believe that there is a way to do things without, giving too much information, but people need to know that they're not alone, that we are not perfect and that stop putting us on a platform that we never should be on. That, that platform is for Jesus. And I think as an American church, we have given way too much power to the pastors and, um, we need to back down and love them. And yes, they are held to a high standard, 100%, no doubting that, but Jesus should be on the throne not a pastor. Mm -hmm. And so we believe that we're trying to do that one lady at a time, one church at a time. We have a lot of pastors that listen as well. So we have a podcast. You can listen to us at all the platforms. Um, You can go to Pastors Wives Tell All uh, to learn more about retreats and to, you can go ahead and pre-order our book. It is already out on Target, Barnes and Noble, um, Christian books, everything. And the release date is April 30th. So so it's coming so quickly. Um, 
and we would love to come speak as well. So um, it's just been another beautiful area of obedience. A different and, chapter well, in the same it book. Is. It <laughs> is. But yes. it's been really cool through this like area that God's put us in that I've been able to talk about Africa. I've been able to right. talk about missions and encourage women just with their own callings and to mm-hmm. share what God is still doing in my life and encourage them in their life and in their walk with Jesus. So it all comes together in its own beautiful way. Yes. I just, oh, this has been such an encouragement to me. I'm so happy to be able to sit with you and talk. You're awesome. Thank you okay, so girl. much for Thanks talking. Thanks for having me on it. Okay. I okay. appreciate it. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Generate Joy. If you know somebody who might benefit and be encouraged by this episode, go ahead and share the podcast with them. And it really does help other people find Generate Joy if you leave a starred review or a comment. So if you have two seconds, just scroll down to the bottom of wherever you're listening to your podcast right now and leave me a starred review. It would really bless me big to hear what you're thinking about Generate Joy and help the podcast be found by more women who are wanting to grow in their faith. All right, friend, have an awesome rest of your week. 